see you. I can't see you from here. No, you're still a wish. I know, I know. How are you? <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you where you want me to set up or... What, what do you have to set up? A microphone and my oh. laptop. Oh, so the table's most interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there's a dark <laughs> so room that only comes alive at night. Welcome to My Way, a podcast that shares the stories of people who are doing life their way. Listen along as we explore what works, what doesn't, and the experience that happens no matter which path we choose. I'm your host, Sunny Collins. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm Catherine Painter. I'm uh, a painter and I live in Drayton. Thanks for taking time out of your your Friday to spend time with me. That's a pleasure. <laughs> so I guess I'll start with what brought you to Greater? Well, I came here in 1986, which is, what, 32 years ago or something like that. We had a friend who had a cottage here, Tim Brookman, and I came and spent the night in his cottage and then uh, d- decided I'd like to have one too, so I bought one the next day. Really? Mm, in, in Oak Street, and I lived there for 10 years, uh, which was lovely. And then I, I, after 10 years, my child had to go to school in civilization, so we moved away, and I came back years later. My father bought a house here, so this is my second time around of living in Grayton. And why Grayton, do you think? Do it's you a think? lovely place. It's green. You know, the other dorps are all rather Karooish. This one, this one is green. It's more like England. Mm-hmm. Oak trees and things. Mm-hmm. Maybe start start at the beginning, wherever that is for you. Well, I'm a, I'm a painter. I had my first exhibition when I was 25, and I'm 68 now, and I've had 42 exhibitions. That's almost one a year. But I like to get around. I go to all sorts of people, all sorts of places to get my inspiration. I recently very excited, excitingly been to Singapore, where I uh, got some inspiration to paint the ginger and turmeric flowers. I can show you. What yeah, I've done. yeah. It's very exotic. Okay. It's a, it was my latest trip. And so how would you describe your style? Um, well, people ask me what my style is. I'd say, well, it's any, any, anything legal for cash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't paint rude things. Not ultra rude. Not, not ultra rude. <laughs> I'll quote you on that one. That's good. Okay. And so, like, for instance, we're sitting here in your kitchen, and it's probably one of the most colorful kitchens I've ever seen in my life. Can you just tell me what you told me before when we were standing there? Just leaving out the scandalous bits. No. Leave it all in. I mean, it's really, really interesting why you decided to paint. your Because when I first came in your house... Mm. It's almost like your kitchen okay, is camo- you. it's camouflage. Yes. Like, where's the kitchen? Mm. I mean, it's all this artwork, all this color. Mm. So what? what's the story on the kitchen? Well, I, I had a bad experience in business with some Christians, and I had a vengeance about it. You know, I lost my retail space. I had to go to see a lawyer. I was really badly uh, done by. And I thought instead of having a vengeance, I'd rather paint my kitchen cupboards in a Hindu, Muslim, and Buddhist design and get over it. And it's beautiful. So that's what I did. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. When do you feel like you are in your element? Well, I like uh, going into the country to get some inspiration for my work. I go into desert countries quite a bit, uh, around here in, to the Karoo or to uh, the Macroland or further up in, into roundabout deserty countries. And very recently I've just been in uh, Western Australia to see the spring flowers because our Macroland ones were rather washed out. Mm-hmm. Then, as I say, I've just, when I, that's not a deserty place on the way home, I went, went to Singapore. But I like to go to uh, wild, wild, undeveloped places in general. Recently, I wanted to go over the Nullarbor 
and I discussed that with my friend I was going to be staying with in Australia. She said, only, only Catherine, only you and Mad Max do a thing like that. Yeah. But I'd love to. It's six days on the train. You know, it's, it's going through going through some very harsh desert conditions in yeah. Australia. Yeah. I think I'll do that next time. And so what kind of traveling have you done in your life? I've been to a lot of places. I haven't been to South America. Would you like to go there? Yeah. It's, it's but I've been to uh, other continents, and, oh, and not at China itself. Yeah, I feel like a lot of your paintings are very, like some of the stuff mm, is right. very Peruvian or Ecuadorian. Isn't that funny? That's one place I haven't been to. Yeah. Maybe it's a wish. A wish. I mean, how did you become an artist? Uh, just after, after school, I had quite a lot of jobs yeah. uh, all over the place, doing interesting things, getting around the world a bit. And then when I was 25, I had my first exhibition. I worked in the carpet trade or in um, interior decorating shops or things like that. And where were you Where were you born? I come from Johannesburg. Uh, what was Johannesburg like when you were growing up? Uh, well, it's not like that anymore, I can tell you. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the demographic shift in a very much larger population and very full of traffic. But, I mean, Cape Town is, is equally to blame, yeah. if you think about it. So I mean, I love going there. My friends are there. And I mean, if I had my, an exhibition there, I'm more likely to come right than anywhere else. Okay. I mean, that's where I'd go if I if I need if I needed to take my wares to market. That's where I'd take them. Do you feel like Joburg is more friendly to artists in general than a place like Cape Town? Oh, it's like a set. Cape I mean, it's an absolute total top center of Africa and every, everything. I mean, it's absolute poos. I mean, look, you get Cairo, but that's you know off north. But if you come to think of it, Johannesburg is the absolute center of center of the African world. Yeah. What is the place that you're most drawn to in Africa? Oh, I like wild places. I love going to Malawi and, and to um, um, Zambia and places like that. Why? Madagascar. Okay. Either deserty or, or, or jungly. And when were you in Madagascar? Well, I I've, I've, um, own a piece of land there. Do you? Yes. But I haven't sent a bill for rates in Texas for 25 years. Where is it? It's, in, it's on, on, the, on the East Coast, but I mean, I'm... I bought it in the in, in, in the name of a priest at the Church of Jesus Christ of Madagascar, a friend of mine, because they can get they can get they could get it for sixty bucks. Foreigners to pay pay a hundred thousand times that. Kidding. So I mean, if I've lost it, it doesn't matter. You know, you couldn't buy two pizzas at Blues for that. So you might have a piece of land in Madagascar. Well, we're going, should we go and check? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. That actually sounds good. Well, it makes you sound like a member of the landed gentry, which is which, which is the idea. Hey, that is so funny. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous with wild uh, um, andresium orchids growing all over the place. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and I love I love in, around South Africa. There are lots of lovely places to go up up the up the up the western deserty paths, all the way up to Uppington and further. You know, on the on that yeah. coast. That's just, we went on a trip with our friend Alice from Boston, which we used to do every year, just about, and we took a trip from here. Round the top of Basuta land into the Midlands and then down the Transkai side. Me and the saddle 19 days and we drove, we drove all the way. It was a fascinating trip, uh, particularly for people that haven't been in wild African places for quite a few years. So you don't see what the development's like, or, you know, the lack of development or the, the way it's developed or hasn't. Uh, for instance, one of the things you'll notice is that absolutely nobody, not even poor people, run around in rags. They're all in kind of brightly colored Chinese clothes. That's, huh. why, that's why you don't get haberdashery shops anywhere. You can't buy needles and pins, you know. It was fascinating. That was a really, eye, it was a great eye opener. So, how do you feel like things have have changed? Well, first um, of all, the population. Okay. Huge population everywhere. Not just on that trip, but most certainly when I went with Patricia Glynn, the adventurer, and, and Alice. We went in, in, in November for last up to Petersburg, Polokwane, you know, the northern Transvaal area. You should see there. 
what it's like after a break of, of 15 or 20 years. Where you used to get hillsides, now you get hut sides. I mean, it's just, I mean, either, you know, low, low cost developments or, or nice middle class ones, but you, I mean, you know, China stand aside, you should see how many Af people, people there are in Africa. Right. It's a huge yeah. amount. But I say that going going around, certainly going around this country, you'll notice that there are a lot more people than there were the other day. I've also, in my earlier days, been to some other exotic places like Persia. And what was that like? Uh, before Ayatollahs and things, even the days of Shah, you know, not that one talks politics on an interview, but that that was a, that, that that was lovely, a lovely, interesting time. And you might see some of that sort of influence in my work too. And when were you there? Oh, when I was, I was, I used to have a job working in a. Um, Doing some buying uh, for uh, some people that had a, a shop in really Johannesburg, they were selling Oriental handicrafts and things. You know. Went to all these interesting places, Isfahan and Shiraz and Tehran, and and we we used to go to the uh, Lebanon. I mean, there were wars and things going on there, but in, in between, sometimes they aren't. Mm. And and buying carpets and all kinds of beautiful things, camel bone inlaid artifacts, and yeah. that was that was great fun. But that was years ago. Talk about your family. Um, well, I come from a um, upper, upper middle class family, liberally minded people, you know, uh, nicely schooled and watered. And uh, my parents are dead. I mean, obviously, at my age, I, I you know, they'd be 100 if they were alive now. Mm. I've got two sisters. Uh, one is an anesthesiologist and lives in um, Canada. She's Magatu Orthodox Judaism. So I've, I've got a Jewish nephew. That's why I don't paint rude pictures, in case I get into trouble in the synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> my other sister Gillian, and uh, my, my other sister Gillian is a graphic designer and an interior decorator. She does quite a few decorating jobs around here. Does people's curtains and sofas and things. And she uh, she lives in Weinberg in Cape Town. And then so I'm, I'm here on my own. And then I've also got a 27 year old son who lives in Paris, and he's got a good hot job in the music industry, a science degree in, in molecular biology. But that didn't get him anywhere. So he's rather where he's got a job, good job in the music industry. <laughs> Doesn't that happen a lot, though? Yeah, and he's, like. got, he's got a French wife. That's rather chic, isn't it? Oh, yes. And have you been to visit him? Not yet, but we'll soon. This episode of My Way has been brought to you by helicopters. Whenever you're feeling low, remember the helicopter, also known as the Hilo, Heli, Chopper, Copter, and Whirlybird. These adorably rugged rotocrafts have soared the skies for over 80 years. The genius of vertical flight can be traced back to a child's toy, the humble Chinese top in 400 BC. For the next several hundred years, this simple contraption occupied and confounded inventors from all over the world, not to mention Da Vinci and Edison. Llama, Puma, Gazelle, Dragonfly, Blackhawk, Hummingbird, Raven, Osprey, Scorpion, Hornet, Husky, Guppy, Cheyenne, Comanche, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Apache, and Sea Sprite just 18 of the 240 types of helicopters for nearly any need under the sun. Trying to evacuate people trapped on their rooftops? Consider a Jayhawk. Need to deliver troops or relief supplies to inaccessible areas? Go for a Chinook. Have you just gotten a call to fight a raging bushfire? Grab your Blackhawk. Or maybe you just need to relocate a sedated rhino. Go for a Huey. Helicopters, lifting you up and bringing you down. Okay, so you've never been married. No. Was that a conscious decision on your part, or did yeah. it just kind of happen that way? No, just, I mean, he's a nice, nice chap. He came and spent the weekend here, uh, John's dad. Mm-hmm. See him then. No, not, I'm not, I'm, 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 I have to be on my own eye. Might have to go somewhere. 
Right. That's why I can't have a dog or a cat or a pet. You know, I might suddenly have to right. go to Singapore or something. Mm-hmm. I've got to make mm-hmm. ends meet. You're married to the business. Mm. That's good. I've got to um, make my ends meet somehow. Talk about a turning point in your life. Yet to come. Maybe pour myself another brandy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can also ask you another question. We can jump around a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not potty. I'm, I don't have visions and, and you know, I don't, yeah. I don't need a psychiatrist or anything. No, yeah, I'm yeah. perfectly safe. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> Um, even if you weren't, that's also fine. What are you good at other than painting? Oh, nothing. I don't think. Really? <laughs> no. So you're sort of, do you, do you find that you're sort well, of. Well, I can a, cook, yeah. A, you can cook. Mm. Okay. What do you like to cook? I, I will say that I, I love things to do with fiddly artistic bakery and things like that. Okay. No, I've got a nice reputation in that department. I like a, I, I like, a, I'm a social butterfly. I don't mind if kids come, kids come now and then to faff around where I'm working you know occasionally mm-hmm. I have a few children that do that I don't mind that they watch what I do and they copy what I do and maybe do it even in a better way yeah <laughs> she said ask her ask her about the time when a helicopter flew in or something oh god to one of your parties oh yeah those are, those are old days <laughs> <laughs> nice to have exhibitions here I'll do the three times in ten years with um, key and things mm. and uh the first time I was here, coming from Johannesburg, I didn't really know anyone. So what I did was I invited, besides a few friends that I made, I invited the richest people I could possibly think of, plus all the many, all the millionaires on Geneva Drive, which has got smart houses in Cape Town, and they all came. They all came and bought pictures. Really? <laughs> well, that was one, a, one way of starting. That but was a smart guest it, list. It, it was in August. I think it was my 40th birthday, I think. It was in August. So the diplomatic corps were away because that's so time for not being able I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know how, how society works on Cape at all, but we started from that point. And I won't drop names, but some of the millionaires came uh, in their helicopters and parked in the rugby, in the rugby fields down there. So that, that caused a bit of a sensation around town, particularly for people I hadn't invited. I mean, it wasn't as though somebody wasn't invited, but right. I invited the people I thought would be interested in my paintings, you know. But there was plenty of space. It wasn't built up so much in those days. Yeah. Well, I know. I and mean, that, it caused it caused a caused a big thing. They 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 had it all on television programs, and they, you're they, kidding. they were interested in that. So they're not interested anymore because of me. <laughs> <laughs> television programs, all about these helicopters arriving, and you're, you're kind of becoming a sort of a legend in your own lunchtime, all that sort of thing. <laughs> those days are gone. I think. Yeah. In fact, it was it was in times of apartheid. So it was a racism, a racist thing. It had a coloured rugby field they landed on instead of a white one. <laughs> so I had to go up in the air again and then land on the white one rather because they were white people. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you could relive a moment in your life, what what would it be? A special moment. Mm. It could be anything. Well, I, I think I think one of the great great sensations in life is to see uh, to to have seen uh, Victoria Falls, when and another another one another one was to go to Persepolis. I mean, I sent my mother a postcard that's got her somewhere saying, "Dear Mum and Dad, I here I am Persepolis, exactly two thousand years and one day after Alexander the Great." It was a lovely feeling. Wow. I mean, it's at that stage broken. I mean, by now you have to pay to get in, be very touristy and things, but it was long ago. Broken columns and pillars and. In the desert there, that that was a, that was fantastic. Yeah, when I went to Rome for the first time, mm. I so hate crowds that. Well, there are a few crowds there. Oh, via cor, via del cor. So yeah. I didn't even want to go near the Colosseum. 
I just I couldn't handle it. It was just too many people. Sister Aunt Chapel being pushed through like it's like in the oh, Egypt and, and, and at yes, certain commons bits it, and pieces. If anything, the tourist attraction for me was seeing all the tourists oh. standing in line for the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. Or buying a little Pope keychain or yeah, no, no, whatever. No, lots of, lots of uh, blue fumes coming out of tourist buses feels like there's no mystique. Even Timbuktu, yeah. you know, it's like a thing. Um, no, get murdered there if you like, yeah. What are the places that there's are... There's so few places that aren't completely touristified, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what those places are, at least that mm. I have been to, and I felt like, mm. wow, I feel like not a lot of people come here. <laughs> Maybe some places in Namibia. I mean, Namibia is you know, quite, very, very, very quite travel, yeah. but... Very dry and out of the way yeah, places, yeah. But to still be able to travel yeah. on a road and and even going in like yeah. the Fish River yeah. and places, and you won't see anybody yeah. for hours. When you go, you, you go go to the, the Church of Santa Santa Polonare in Classe, you get a, a, a priest like even with a, a sonche, you know, with one of the sackcloth, going along on a vespa with big black fumes of the broom, kind of going in between the aisles, sweeping up all the curtains and boys playing soccer in the church and this and the next thing, and then. If, if you want to see the mosaics and things, you've got to put money in a slot or burn, 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 you know, candles for your, for your right. nearest and dearest. I mean, it's a complete tourist ripoff. It's right. meant to be a holy spot, you know. Yeah. What has been the most challenging aspect of your life? I think what was a great challenge was last year, in March last year. I mean, obviously, with a great deal of help from my sister, who really uh, put a lot of effort into it, too. We uh, staged an exhibition of my work in Cape Town. Well, we had a lovely party there, and um, all our friends came, and it was a very nice time. But I'd say it was a great challenge because we had it at, at the castle, in, in, at the Castle of Good Hope, in, in the Dolphin Court, and uh, it cost me a lot. And I'd say at the end of the day, I mean, even though people said, congratulations, you sold a dozen pictures, how lovely this and that, I think it was a bit of a pyrrhic victory. You know, I don't think it was worth it in the long run at all. I don't think I'd ever do it again. Really, but I'm so glad we did it. You know, you've got to be a sport, and and we did it nicely, and we we liked it. Yeah. So did our friends. So what does it matter? Yeah. But my goodness, what a, I guess, <laughs> what a huge challenge, particularly coming from here and having to take everything there and have to take it back, and all the traffic when you're not used to it, and hiring lighting and and, and hanging and and all the things that go with it, and so much a day for the rent and the set and the next thing. I've never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that we really did anything like that, and I think it'll be. Let's make it the first and last. Yeah. Because last year. I feel like a lot of things in life are like yeah. that. It's like, oh, that was amazing. I'm, so I'm never doing did. it again. No, so <laughs> glad we did it, but then once, once is enough. Right. For the people who buy your art, I mean, I don't know how well you get to know the people who buy your art, but is there any sort of common thread? Yeah, only, only people that buy it are my friends. Really? Mm. I don't think any, any strange person's ever bought one. Really? Oh, yeah, somebody walked into my shop once and bought one, somebody from the wilderness, yeah. Normally they don't have the courage of their own conviction. They go and ask some art dealer, do you think I should buy this? And the dealer says, no, not at, no they'd rather sell him something he's got. You know, you know, you can't just go along to some art, famous art dealer and say, look, what do you think of this artist? Do you think I should invest in his work? Uh-huh. You'll say, no, rather invest in something that I've got here, something on my stable. I'm not going to go and plug somebody else's product once in 10 years, somebody that came and bought. But otherwise, just my, my buddies would buy them. So well, thank that, goodness for them. Well, yeah, I mean, that was my that was yeah. my question. Is like, where where is your art hanging? Is in it my friends' houses. In your friends' houses, mm-hmm. and in Vanilla Cafe, which I love, by the way. Oh yeah, but those are not sold ones. Yeah, not yet. Maybe yeah. they'll sell them. But I, I oh, it, sold a few to companies. Uh, 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 some, uh, okay. Commercial companies have got some of them hanging up here and there. 
My sister's on the point of, 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 of producing a book on the subject of my, au sujet de mon oeuvre, subject of my work, which is going to send to some interesting places in foreign parts too, just to see whether it'll engender some interest in what I do. I've got people that, that like what I do, and I've got a few commissions lined up here now. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm, I'll be all right. Well, you see, I'm not a mainline publicity slut. Every now and then I think maybe I should, I should uh, get on my hind legs and do a bit of selling, but that's my least favorite occupation. How much of art is just having a conversation with somebody and then oh, quite a lot they me. feel like they know you a little bit now and so, well, I'd like to buy, I'd like to keep some of you mm. and hang it on my wall in a way. Oh, I mean, it's, mm. it's interesting. And um, I've got two people that have got 19 pictures each. Yeah. And quite a few people that have about six and a couple have got three and then and, and, and one, one or two ones. Mm. You know, some people just want one, they want to buy other things. Yeah. Some people like it so much they end up buying three, but over a course of 30 years. Yeah. I, w I wish I could find a new market, yeah. Haven't concentrated on looking very hard. Given your life experience, what is one sound piece of advice? Well, I can tell you what Harry Oppenheimer said on his interview with Star on his 90th birthday when they asked him that. He said, Mr. Oppenheimer, what advice can you give young people starting out in life today uh, because you've done so well yourself? And he said, yes, I've got one piece of advice, and that is choose your father carefully. <laughs> so let's use his advice, shouldn't we? My father wasn't a bad chap or a painter. Well, thank you for taking the time. Oh, thank you for coming. Oh, what fun. And, uh, I hope that sounds interesting enough. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for taking the time to sit in on my conversation with local artist Catherine Painter. The takeaway for me? If somebody does you wrong, make art, not war. Don't forget to follow at Podcast Cowgirl on Facebook and Instagram for photos and updates associated with our two podcasts, My Way and Lecker Y'all. And please send us some messages and let us know what you think or if you have any ideas. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes and Podbean. This helps put us on the radar. Thanks so much. See you next time.